I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, this is a quick message for all of our Wise Men Say podcast listeners. I hope you're both paying attention. Well, about three years ago, well, exactly three years ago, because I've had one of those Facebook time hop things that tell you, we drove up to Scotland to speak to Alan Johnson without doubt one of the most popular players to play for Sunderland, during those Peter Reid days, the early Stadium of Light Revolution days. We were toying with the idea of doing a YouTube channel at the time, but families and real-life stuff, and the fact people don't want to see our piats on the telly mean that the pilot we recorded never made it to air. I know, dry your eyes and all that, but we've popped it into a bonus podcast for you to listen to. It's been massively edited because we spoke about the current day, that was the current day then, not the current day now. Uh, the structure isn't as heavily organised as when we go and speak to Dennis Smith and Malcolm Crosby, where we do a lot of research and try and make it into a timeline and really create a story for you. This was just improvised chat. That was always the idea. It was going to be on YouTube. Now it's in a podcast. Improvised chat is what it is. So this is us speaking to Alan Johnson. Hope you enjoy it. Certainly, we're fans of a certain generation and era um, where we had exciting times with the team you played in. Did you see yourself being a manager when you were playing? You always, the natural progression is just to go back into football. Um, obviously, that's all I've ever done, whether it's playing football or coaching. So, no, it's good. What kind of style do you play, Alan? Because obviously, people remember you as an attacking player, but often that doesn't translate to when a player might become a manager. You say very different styles, don't you? But is that no, something you well, you can just look at the amount of goals you've scored uh, at the clubs I've been at. I'm very attack-minded. Um, I like to play usually with two strikers if I possibly can, so we can obviously score goals. Uh, that's basically trying to pass the ball, get loads of crosses in the box, quick summer, we've done it summer. So you play 4-4-2? More or less, obviously, different variations of that, like a diamond or sometimes 4-2-3-1 or whatever, so... It just depends how yeah, we're going to the, play the, the opposition. The yeah. constant debate at 4-4-2, yeah. we have on the podcast, it's like, we're always going on about how you, how you can't really play it in the These Premier League. Mm. But then again, it seems to be making a bit of a comeback, doesn't it? Mm. It's getting popular again, yeah. it's coming back around. Yeah, It's interesting though, Alan, when um, obviously you made your name for yourself, really, when you scored a hat-trick, didn't you, for Hearts at, yep. at Rangers. Uh, I know you want to ask him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Hearts, I've 
sort of followed them. You know, a lot of people in the northeast England or in England in general, if the Rangers are Celtic, and for me and my dad, it was kind of hearts. So yeah, I suppose just a bit about your time there as well it would be interesting to know how you found it. And I was brilliant. Obviously, I was a Glasgow boy. Uh, I got the opportunity when I was sixteen to sign for Hearts. Uh, ran full time. Uh, really enjoyed it. Good club. And at a club like Hearts, you always get a chance of breaking through. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the main attraction. Uh, obviously, I got in the first team quite young, and I was fortunate enough that day, as you said. Uh, mm -hmm in the right place at the right time and managed to get I can remember that like you know like they have the soccer Saturday now whatever the version that was then I just yeah. remember the name kept springing up and, um, and, and that's when people sort of learned the name Magic Johnson wasn't it was that something that stuck with the players did you get what I think it was one of the I think it was Craig Levine actually he's, obviously he's been in charge at Scotland or whatever he mm -hmm. named me that he said that on the television his name oh, his name's Magic we call him Magic and then ever since then it's just really stuck and then obviously you moved to France as well, which is a bit unusual for British players. Um, obviously, someone you played with at Sunderland, albeit briefly, Chris Waddle did go to France as well. Yeah. Did you find it a culture shock? Uh, it, was, it was totally different, uh, but it was a great <coughs> opportunity. I was only a young lad and I played in the European Championships with Scotland, and I think it was we get in the semi finals, it was like Spain, Italy, France, and Scotland. Um, and obviously, somebody had seen me there, somebody had scouted me there. And I, the opportunity arose, and it was a great chance to go and try the experience. Mm. Is it something you'd recommend to young players coming through here if the time came to leave and the option was maybe a step up in Scotland or it was a you know a move abroad, even if it was maybe an obscure league? Well, it was a top league. Uh, yeah, obviously that one wasn't, but uh, I, 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 was, not, not for that one. I mean, right. not in terms of your yeah. own career. I mean, even from this level, if it was a slightly more obscure foreign move, do you think it helped? Just playing abroad helped you in general. It was really good. No, I really enjoyed it. And as you said, totally different. Uh, the language was a problem with my mm. accent. <laughs> <laughs> and I did try to learn, but it was difficult. Um, how do you say magic in French? Magique, is that Magique, isn't it? But I was lucky enough that uh, towards the end of my first season mm. there, that obviously Sunderland became interested in it. That's interesting mm. when, when, when you signed for Sunderland, Adam, because instantly you played for Sunderland at a very important time in the club's recent history. Um, when they move from Roker Park to the Stadium of Light. Now, a lot of people have sort of looked back now, don't they, and say, I wish we were at Roker Park and stuff. But we really took off those first two seasons at the Stadium of Light. But of course, it's often forgot that you scored the last ever league goal yep. at Roker Park as well. I'm sure me and Chris Waddle signed in the same day. I don't know if that's, is that right? You probably need oh, so to there was a transfer out. window, wasn't it? Like, it was March out. then or something, wasn't it? And I think I could probably got about two lines at the bottom. Alan <laughs> Johnson signed, because <laughs> obviously Chris Waddle is a legend. Yeah. Uh, so no great opportunity obviously you go to Roker Park um, and they get the last goal it's did something ever reflect on I think about no it is the last ever goal no it's amazing it's a, it's a, it's a, a header as well it's a header so it must have hit off me to be fair and then dropped the next game for Wimbledon when we went down was that right did I, I don't know if I, did I start the I game I could just, I'm I seem sure I seem <laughs> remember that Premier Passions documentary and I know and, I remember I only yeah. played I'm sure I might even have come on as a sub and mm. they took off again mm. after about 15 minutes because we lost a goal but it was nylon because it was a bit of a slow start in, in that respect wasn't it and we, we were speaking earlier in the, in the car on the way up about our memories as fans from back then and it was such a pivotal game in that season when Peter Reid was on the brink on the very brink and Sunderland went to Reading I think it was in October, did you say, November? Oh, and they lost 4-0. Uh, and the fans wanted Reid out. It looked like he'd, he'd lost the fan base, certainly. Yeah. And after that game, he changed the side a lot. Um, the likes of yourself came into the side. 
Alex Ray came into the side. Mickey Gray went to left back, of course, who you struck that partnership up with. Yeah. Can you remember that time? And was was there a, a conscious shift in the way the side played? Because suddenly we finished on forty points in the Premier League, but we were quite defensive and solid and organised. And it just seemed to all go out the window after that game, as if really knew that he had to do something to keep his job. I think Kevin Phillips came in the team at that time mm, as well. Yeah. Um, I'd been used to playing the right hand side and. I remember Nicky Summerbridge had signed and I'm yeah. thinking to myself well, my days are numbered here because they're looking good and I don't know if it was just maybe luck or whatever that I, he tried me on the left hand side and obviously we struck out a good partnership with Mickey Gray and obviously Kevin Phillips came in he was in fire mm-hmm. uh, to put it mildly and there was a lot of good partnerships in that side wasn't there yourself and Mickey Quinn and Phillips, obviously, some have been making on the other side. Holloway as well before me. Yeah, and Holloway, yeah. We caught up in the middle of the park mm-hmm. as well. What was the dressing the room like? Was it was there a lot oh, of like, strong bonds as well there? Yeah, a great dressing room. And yeah. it always helps when you're winning games as well. But as you said, we started the season slowly. Uh, couldn't get in the team at the start of the season. And then after a couple of bad results, obviously, they completely changed the team. Um, we got a chance it's also what the fans wanted because yeah. we, we were again we were looking at attendances in the first season and a, a new brand new stadium 42,000 people weren't sure if we were going to fill it mm. and the first season at first it wasn't full it was 20 odd thousand there but because of the style of football certainly by the time the season where we won the league you were getting 40,000 there so it, was, it must have been great to play a big full stadium as well I think I just I came to Sunderland at the right time just when the club took off I obviously going through Roker Park to the stadium of light uh, you could just see the club getting bigger and bigger uh, and obviously that contrasted with the uh, mm. performances in the pitch as well I mean, with, how, sorry, I mean how did the move come about I mean from Rent to Sunderland I mean no well Peter Reid he was up watching me at Hearts as well um, so he came up to a few of the games I'd spoke to him a couple of times as well um, so obviously I was delighted to get a chance to come to Sunderland because it's a massive club that partnership with Mickey Gray is what a lot of people remember now after you left, which we'll get on to in a little bit, um, we had Stefan Schwartz play out there a little bit, which suited us in the Premier League because Mickey Craig just bombed on, didn't he? <laughs> Obviously, he forgot about his defensive duties and Stefan would come inside and cover him, wouldn't he? With yourself, it wasn't like that because he had, the defenders had two of you coming. It was just attacking non-stop, wasn't it? It must have no, been a great... great. Did you work on that partnership or was it just natural? Because Quinn and Phillips always say to this day the claim that didn't work on that partnership, it was just natural. I, I think it was natural as well. Um... Mickey Gray's just a he's a left winger playing left back he's brilliant <laughs> at it and that's why he ended up getting selected by England um, and it just all came together uh, as you said it was partnerships all over the park mm-hmm. How did you feel the contrast I suppose going into that season where things started to take off compared to relegation at Roca sort of the change in setting because obviously Roca was quite an in- intense small ground with terraces so this big new stadium and as Steve says it wasn't really full at first but obviously as things picked up he still had the support yeah. you know, that's what I'm saying obviously I came at the tail end of the season and you could see the bank and the fans had, it was incredible mm. uh, week in week out they were there and their numbers getting right behind the team because they know how important it was when you think about that first season then at the stadium when we got the playoff final that's still very raw now in mind isn't it mm. I, mean, oh, I think I'm getting a bit of a lump in the throat just thinking about <laughs> it <laughs> I've never watched it really have you not you never, never watched it back I couldn't even watch it now not even now, you think it was like repeated on Sky and you no. couldn't sit and watch it now. Because no. actually we've got a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, what are your override memories from that day though? Because it was a great day apart from what happened at the end, wasn't it? I know. Uh, to be fair, I just remember I was poor that day. It was a, it was a poor performance for us, we should have won. Uh, it was a roller coaster. 
Um, obviously, it was. But what I remember for that day is Niall Quinn after the game, uh, his reaction, his interview, just saying that next year we're going to win the league, we're going to run over the top of every team in this division. And that's what I remember. Um, mm-hmm. That's what all the players remember. The, se- the season obviously started slowly. The Ren game, like Stephen touched on, was a bit of a turning point in terms of the change of the team. But I mean, there were any games in that run to the playoff final? Because I think Sunderland, I think we'd all agree, we were the best team in the league towards the back end of the season. And just trying to think, you know, big games on the top of my head. I mean, not Forest away was 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 in particular a massive game. I remember. I think he scored in that one, didn't I'm you? Just about to say that. I, <laughs> I scored in that one. <laughs> uh, they were all massive games uh, in about that time. Um, but I'm sure we were in a great position, and then we, we let it slip a, l- a little bit. It was the we Easter weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, we fell mm. into playoff places. Was it the QBRs? And- but it probably so, wasn't the season for us to go up we probably needed yeah. that extra season in the championship mm-hmm. um, and you can see we've improved we get better and better as the season went on again yeah. when, when, when Quinny you said you, you remember his sort of speech and did, did you feel that extra focus in the pre-season did people work harder than they normally do or was there a sense that you really wanted to put it right I don't think we worked harder you always work hard um, but we just had that belief especially after the run we went on uh, obviously we started the season before slowly and then we get better and better as the season went on so we just carried that on throughout the next season We are talking about like four four two and stuff and obviously that's the way Peter Reid played and uh, maybe it is going out of fashion or coming back in now but how did it feel playing under Reid like just in terms of the way he set you up kind of what did he say I mean we've all seen Premier Passions but <laughs> sort of this was a bit after that and things were a bit better we were, we were winning games sort of yeah. what, was, what was that like? Just the confidence in the team. Yeah, it's all it's all about good players, and we were lucky enough with good players. And you've got guys like Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillips up front who can produce a bit of magic out of nothing. Um, but we all knew our jobs. Um, he was a brilliant man manager. You know what I mean? Like mm. he'd be one of them. Maybe no, like didn't really go into a lot of tactics and whatever. Mm. But um, getting the most out of players individually and getting everybody to know their jobs. Um, obviously it helped me improve as I played anyway Was it the best that season 105 points only 3 defeats it was a case of turn up with game Gareth touched on it earlier when we started steamrolling teams over but particularly that season it was 5 nils, there was 7 nils, and you would turn up thinking right how are we gonna, we're going to win by the day and generally we would was it like that for a player and looking back was that season in isolation the best you've had as a pro? I think it was the best Alfred as a pro you just expected to win you went into every game expecting to win no matter who you were playing um, it was like Kevin Phillips for example he, he was incredible he just expected to score every game and like, if he never scored he couldn't believe he never scored and that was just the mentality he had and you mentioned again earlier on you, you, you thought you might have been out because you played on the right and you put on the left is that something you particularly enjoyed as well coming inside because it was like Gareth mentioned again earlier we were having these conversations and he was saying it was almost like everybody in the stadium knew what you were going to do cut inside and curl it in but the defenders couldn't stop you from doing it and yeah it was almost expected from us as a fan to see you do yeah. that. And it always helps as well when you've got Niall Quinn at the back post. So, um, so if you know, overhit your shot, <laughs> yeah. 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 it's not hard to miss him. I was gonna say, it was probably quite innovative in a, in a sense that sort of coming inside yeah, from the left. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. very popular now, isn't yeah, it? It's a, it's a lot popular, more popular now. You see a lot of teams doing that. Uh, obviously, coming on their good foot and obviously shooting or creating chances. We get to the 
to that summer um, I remember being a young lad and relegation was still um, hurting I think from a couple of years before and you mentioned that we perhaps went up at the right time but as a fan you didn't know that you didn't know what was going to happen you thought is this side going to be good enough to steal and then I remember getting back from holiday and thinking right, how are we going to strengthen this side how are we going to make it better and then suddenly hearing that Lee Clark was leaving Alan Johnson wasn't going to play anymore and Michael Bridges was leaving what what point in that summer did you sort of hear of interest from Rangers and how did that come about? It was obviously speculation in the media uh, about me going to Rangers because I was a Glasgow boy uh, obviously I'd, well, had a couple of se- good seasons at Sunderland um, but nothing had been sorted out um, I was still a Sunderland player I was still desperate to do well it was still a great opportunity to go and play so it was really frustrating uh, that I was told that unless I signed a new contract I wasn't going to play So did Ray just come did he, Peter Ray just come out and ask you about it? If you said it was just speculation in the paper did you, did you not go into his office and say I want to move at the end of the season I'm not going to sign it? I never ever said that no um, it just obviously there was stuff in the paper and it just says to us if you're not signing a new contract you're not going to play and and then it got to the point where I wasn't allowed to train so I was training myself uh, so it was, a, it was a difficult period Was that moving your mind though Alan? Personally, it would probably been a Glasgow boy if I had the opportunity to come up to Rangers, and it probably would have been a good move. It was the time we were having a, a first child as well, um, so it probably would have been a good move, uh, and it would have been something I'd have looked at. But saying that, uh, a year left in my contract, a lot can happen mm. in a year. It's a funny um, contrast to now, isn't it? Now you would just play. No, that's, that's how it is. People play right up it's at the not, end of the contract. It's not as if, uh, I'd, 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 Chucked it as I say. No, no. I, I love my time at Sunderland. Mm-hmm. It's a great club, and I was disappointed. Did you try and put it right at all? Did you, did you try and? Were there any conversations where you thought the problem could have been rectified halfway through the season? I guess from Peter Reid's perspective, the team were flying in the league, so he might not have felt the need no, to go and was, do that. It was a, it was a difficult period, uh, and it was I was just desperate to get back playing, and I think I'd said that to Peter Reid that I was wet playing part of the team uh, I still had a year left in my contract I hadn't signed any pre-contracts so it was a big gamble are uh, there any regrets in hindsight about that because you, you moved to Rangers obviously it's your home it's the club you supported it's where you're from but you, you know you weren't you didn't, weren't a sort of prolific player for Rangers I guess with, yeah, with no I, I went to Rangers and it was a massive squad uh, and it was difficult to play week in week out and to be fair I ended up leaving there because I wasn't happy I wasn't playing mm-hmm. I was only a bit part player and Did you have any regret at that point? Did you think I wish I'd maybe done well, You always think of it I had my best time at Sunderland I enjoyed playing at Sunderland the best uh, it was my favourite club uh, so you do have some regrets yeah. Do you think you had that a, a little look at what could have been in that at the end of that 105 point season we played there like a friendly against Liverpool at the stadium was it like a centenary game yeah, or something yeah, like that yeah. I think you, you scored didn't you it was another one of those trademark coming yeah. inside in the top corner against Liverpool and it was like then it ended up starting the season with Chris Lumsden I think playing in your position I think it was like like you say like you come back from holiday I, just, I do remember like yeah, but they the, dropped Stephen Schwartz under. They did, yeah. Well, the was a semi midfielder, though. Yeah. The yeah. sign was a semi midfielder, yeah. and then he ended up getting put in the same Danish boys as well, didn't they? Fred Fred yeah. 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 I mean, he's just barely kicked the ball for some I mean, that's an, I mean, it's an interesting time. I mean, you were so you at the club, and you in a sense, frozen out because you wouldn't sign the deal, and then you saw all these other players come in. Thomas Helmer comes in and then kicks a ball, barely kicks a ball. I mean, was that just, in essence, a 
a little microcosm of football history where if, if somebody didn't do a certain thing or act a certain way they were turfed would they be managed differently now I think it's totally different now I don't think you could afford to do that now no. um, just with the length of contracts I'd just you're not going to have Bobby Sacks in the, in the change room anymore if I'm blind and oh Sackle was class Sackle <laughs> was, uh, was different class a lot of respect for him uh, great coach uh, great guy as well um, he's never too pleased when you get beat as well right enough he used to take the huff but nah, he was a great guy and to be honest with you see Peter Reid as well I know mm. that he froze me out at, at the last year of my contract um, but he was a great manager and mm. to be fair I think he made me the player I was that's right. nice to hear I suppose mm-hmm. you know even after all that like maybe it didn't end so well but it was still a it's good to hear that you loved your time at Sunderland and playing for for him uh, part, being part of a successful team he, told, he taught me how to play the position properly um, I think you get the most out of me so for that I, we always appreciate Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I suppose, as well, during that season, you went to Bolton on loan. I believe you played for Allardyce, is that yeah. right? How did you find him as a manager? Obviously, you mentioned Advocate at Rangers. I suppose it would be interesting to get an insight into why things might have went wrong under Advocate, if you've got any thoughts on that. I don't know, obviously, <coughs> Big Sam. Obviously, worked with him at Bolton. Uh, he's, he's done really well everywhere he's went. And he's a guy with loads of experience. Um, and he's one of them, similar to Peter Reid, he manages to get the best out of people. Um, that year at Bolton mm. uh, I think we got into semi-finals the FA Cup semi-final and the League Cup semi-final uh, with the, the players we had so it was an amazing achievement and it just shows you that he, well, obviously his career's just blossomed for mm. there really did you, did you think that was going to happen at the time? When, when you saw him did you think he was any different over other managers you played for? Did he say more forward thinking? He was right into sports science wasn't he? At that stage um maybe never had the facilities at Bolton but you could see that he was always he was forward thinking with some of the things he was trying to do there what about advocate Rangers anything in Advocate. particular that stood out there or discipline I think that was the main <laughs> thing that would stand up the, the <laughs> well, you think of an advocate that's <laughs> strange <the> way, <laughs> no that's the way it was at, at Rangers obviously he was managing a lot of big players mm-hmm. um, and he had a he managed, managed to control them which is easier said than done when you're dealing with big players what about the rest of your career then how it happened after that you know, just remind us about how could you end up playing in, in defensive midfield at one point, didn't you? And Middlesbrough as well. I didn't even mention Middlesbrough there. I was going to say, well, <laughs> you're at Middlesbrough. We're just trying. We're just trying. We pretend we pretend that didn't happen. Well, it's, it's interesting <laughs> that sort of two ex-Sunderland wingers, yourself and Art, who you are, both played, ended up playing sort of central midfield, and sort of both mm-hmm. ended up there. I don't know. There's like, did you 
sort of enjoy coming back to the area. I know it's not exactly Sunderland, but it's the, the northeast, isn't yeah, it? You know. Um, at that time, I thought there may have been a chance of coming back to Sunderland, um, but it never quite worked out. Mm. And then, so who was manager then? Peter Reid was still. Oh, still, still, still I was he was going to bring you back. Well, I, I was hoping he was going to bring it. <laughs> back, but it never worked out that way. Um, and then eventually get the chance to go to Middlesbrough and mm-hmm. work with Steve McLaren, which was a, a good opportunity as well. And then you came back up to Scotland after that. Came back up towards the end of my career at Middlesbrough. I, I broke my, my toe a few times, so I was struggling with injury a few times. Mm. Yeah, I was out for the majority of my last season at Middlesbrough. Uh, so eventually I came back up the road to get the move to Kilmarnock and reunited with one of my old Scottish managers, Jim Jeffries. Yeah, yeah. Still keep in touch with guys like Kevin Ball. Obviously, guys like that are legends, and it's good to see them still part of the club. Where did you live when you played for us? That's what would be interesting. In, uh, just outside Durhamshire and Village. All oh, right, there you go. Yeah, so it was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, well, the drinking culture was still in. The drink was well, I, I don't drink to be honest. I don't yeah. drink, but uh, there was a few of them, obviously. Had a, a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say now, now Quinn was partial a couple of games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say there's a drinking culture now. So is there a goal that you score for Sunderland that sticks in your mind, particularly the quality of your goal or just how important it was? Put me right under pressure there. Uh, that's terrible. They're all the same, weren't they? I always remember that Portsmouth played Portsmouth home, beat them 2-1. Yeah. And I think we 1-0 up. And then I think Perez and Williams had a mix-up and Paul all scored for them. And it was like right at the death of the season when we were looking to get automatic promotion. And I remember you scored a goal in that game. Do you remember that one? I think the, the semi finals, the playoffs. Oh, the playoffs, that was one, yeah. Because the, oh, the yeah. atmosphere that oh, night. Oh, yeah. That's the best was, I think I've seen. It was electric. Yeah. It was electric. Even, even if you think about some of the Newcastle games, I think that Sheffield United semi final was oh, the best was atmosphere I've ever I think that's probably the best atmosphere I've ever played. I wasn't again. I couldn't afford to go to, oh. to that one. And, and at the time we didn't have a lot of money so it was either gamble and go to Wembley yeah. or go to the mm. semi-finals so we gambled God. and we went to Wembley but um, well, yeah I missed, I missed that game it's always everyone, a everyone always yeah. goes oh, it's a bit like a goal that sticks out with me I can't remember the score or anything but I remember when um, Bortler just signed Jessica Lyon and he struggled <laughs> didn't he at first he really yeah. really struggled and I remember he was you sort of spotted it. He was fumbling everything, and I remember you just took a shot, and he kind of just fumbled it in the goal. And I remember all you, the players celebrating, sort of pointing at him and laughing, <laughs> which was hilarious as a fan to watch the side. Can you remember that? No, I, I mean you'll you eventually. Sure it was in the top corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he pushed it in the top corner. He scored a hat trick at Huddersfield. I remember that one. That was. Oh, I still get the ball. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, that's terrible. Right. Still that's get the ball. Last minute against Birmingham. I remember that one, but that was for Guy Mowbray's commentary. Do you remember that one? I remember that as well because we were struggling yeah. second half in it. Later yeah, on. it was really, yeah, it was really late in the game. I think Daddy had a bonus score for them. But it was like that was like that period right at the end of the season where we just started to get a bit jittery and then ended up in the playoffs, which well, was a bit uh, of a shame. Me being me, you know, look, you know, never enjoyed watching the Sunderland team as much as I did during that period. But because we won so many games, weirdly enough, it's the bad stuff you remember, sort yeah. of like losing against Barnsley when we were we hadn't lost a game that season. I think there was one against Swindon where you were put through one on one, 
and put it wide. I don't know if you can remember that. You always forget the ones. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't know why I can remember it. I must just None like torture myself. None of us could remember that. It's only me. He's coming up and saying, can you remember that time you missed that sitter? I, 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 I must like, just well, be one of those like yeah. negative people. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help but focus on the, the misery. Oh. <laughs> if, you, if, you had, if you had to pick somebody from your time at Sunderland who you would say was the best player <coughs> you played with? Oh, Kevin Phillips by far. He was exceptional. Um, just even in training. He'd do shooting drills and it was it just it was impossible. He was he was scoring nearly every shot. Everything he hit went in. Um so it's incredible to think that he got released with Southampton as a youngster, playing left back mm-hmm. and <laughs> going to have the career that he had. It's amazing, isn't it? What about best player you played with anywhere else? I suppose you played with some especially at Rangers you would think. No, there was a lot of good players but still I think still Kevin, Phillips. Kevin's probably How was Chris Waddle in training even at that end of his career he was a great guy as well and um, you could see obviously still had the quality might not have the, the legs to get yes. about the park but mm. um, I think my debut was at Newcastle and there wasn't any fans allowed I always oh, remember yeah. that and Chris Waddle was playing and he still had the magic touches mm. I think you should get Something framed of you scoring that last ever goal at Rogger Park to remind you. If I've you don't got something. No, I've got something. Somebody gave me a um, like a little frame with a certificate inside it, just saying I was the last person to score. Mm. In hindsight, we should have got a picture. Got yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got any um, <laughs> like real like outstanding or overriding memories? Obviously, people ask about goals and players and all that. But is anything that happened at Sunderland in your time there, or a moment like they'll always stick in your mind? Uh, the playoffs obviously yeah. um, obviously for the worst reasons and I remember going back to the hotel after it and it was obviously a bit of an anti-climax and big Richard Ord he gets up on the table and starts singing a song <laughs> and just <laughs> <laughs> trying to cheer everybody up but it never worked uh, <laughs> I was a great lad because he wasn't even playing that day and he was just trying to lift everybody's spirits 